tonight on Rogue Padron. The children were alone oh, we in the cafeteria. Now? Oh my god. <laughs> it's worse when I can see you because I know you're just being a jerk. <laughs> Do you, do you not know that when we're only recording with audio? I mean, I don't know what else you could be doing. Like, what if Ray Dog is trying to get your attention and you're just not, like, he is, listening? He is get, trying to get my attention. And then you jump back see, in. He's just, like, he's distracted. See him? Right we can't there. see Ray Dog. Oh, he's right there. We can't. You don't see, right, no, no, right Danny, Danny, no. Danny, Danny, that's not your dog. That's a ghost dog. <laughs> oh, really Danny, you're, you're haunted yeah, with a ghost dog. So now you have a ghost dog, and you're going to get another real dog. So that so you got three dogs now. That's amazing. Damn, Living the dream. A trio, a trio of dogs. Tonight on Rock Butcher. Oh, we're starting all the way back at the beginning. <laughs> yep. Speaking of haunted pits. Listen, the children were alone in the cafeteria. <laughs> Makeovers. The opposite of a water womb. And Han really needs to check his email. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 9, standing by. I mean, I hope you check your email more often than Han Solo does. No, that's the reason I got such a big <clears throat> library fine, was not checking my emails and not realizing that my app wasn't sending me notifications for new emails. I think in Star Wars they're and called spemails. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the spemails. Which is funny because that's And I that's think in Star Wars they're called spy, spy berries. I, somebody, <laughs> it's really big. At the, at, back at the old church that I used to work at, somebody decided to inform me that there was a fire via email and I completely missed it. I just didn't check it. So I didn't wow. know. That seems like wow. the best medium for that. I was on vacation for like a week. way to warn someone that there is a fire. <laughs> An email. We do all of our fire drills via email here. God, I wish we did that at Starbucks. I think it's freaking loud. Hello, listeners. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Season 15, Mission 4, Episode 127 of Rogue Padron. Tonight, we'll be doing The Crystal Star, Chapter 7 through 8. But before that, a quick reminder of your hosts. If Ash, Rogue 9, was a fictional eel, she'd be the eels that are the failed witches who turn into them in The Witcher. The what now? <laughs> Wait, I, I, I get what you're saying, man. Yeah. Wait, can you say so that again? I, I feel like I lost track of what you're saying there. I know because I read it wrong and then I thought I wrote it wrong, so I read it wrong again. But Ash is the witches who turn into eels because they fail their like magic challenges. Uh yeah. In the witch. The, the, the little weird glowy ones, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Those eels. Danny, Rogue Six would be Flotsam, one of Ursula's eels that hesitates more when doing the evil things and probably just wants a chill life. Eating shrimp. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I want that shrimp dispenser from The Good Place. Yes. Oh, same. Yes. 
Saf Rogue Seven would be the eel, a Pulp Fiction character who is a gentleman thief, a person described as having courageous action and questionable morals. I love that I'm just the eel. The eel. <laughs> Wait, questionable morals? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, she gave, she gave like, me the eels that are like failures. <laughs> yeah, but you get to be a cool magic eel. Yeah. <laughs> Keith Rogue Three, who's currently on paternity leave, would be Jetsum, the Yay. other eel that belongs to Ursula, <laughs> who is actually completely on board with doing all of the evil things. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be Abaya, a giant magical eel in Melanesian mythology, who considers all of the fish in her lakes her children and protects them furiously. Oh, that is extremely you. Yeah. That is the most correct eel. <laughs> so many eels. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> Danny, did you think of a question? <laughs> Danny, speaking of eels. <laughs> speaking of Danny, speaking of eels. <laughs> I have a question about Star... I have not done a single Star Wars thing in the last week. <laughs> Damn. Why do? Why are we even on a Star Wars podcast? I have a question <laughs> about the 2020 Democratic primary. Oh, oh God. Must we? I need to live in a damn country. We're gonna skip that if that's what's I happening. I have a question about um, furniture shopping. See, at All first, right. I, I was hoping you were going to say I have a question about the 2020 Summer Olympics, and then I would be like, yeah, Do you know great, what? But- we made a big boo-boo. We're going to be out of town for, like, the entire Olympics, hiking in the backwoods, so, like, not even able to watch them, which is sad, because we really like the Olympics. Yeah. I'm so sorry! Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel better, maybe the Olympics will be postponed because of there being an epidemic, potentially. Also, maybe that might happen. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I don't that. know if that makes you feel better, but yeah. It doesn't make me feel better. It makes me feel sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll you may still get to watch the Olympics, so we'll see. Okay. So, um, <laughs> what do you all think of manatees? Oh, I freaking love them. They're great. Top tier. They are friendly and slow moving. They like to eat and rest. Their nickname is Sea Cow. Amazing. Yeah, like three yeah, for three. really good. Danny, do you know the VeggieTales song that just popped into my head? I do know the VeggieTales song that just popped into your head. It's the hairbrush song because a hairbrush kind of looks like a manatee. Should I serenade you with the VeggieTales song? Yeah, sing the manatee song. Wait, go get your guitar. We can wait. Um, I'll tell you about a different manatee song. It's called Manatee. It's by Captain Bog and Salty, who is a pirate band out of Portland, Oregon. Um, and it's a really nice song because it's talking about how mantis are so majestic and the pirate who's singing about it is just thinking about like, mantis, what do you want to do with your life? Do you also want to be a pirate? And it's just, it's very nice. I feel like I could, I feel like I could use that pirate in my life. So like, ask me those hard questions, you know? Right. Yeah. Also, if being a manatee was an option, I'd be so there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know that the Australian version of manatees are called dugongs? Yes. Like the Pokemon? Yeah. They're actually slimmer. Yeah, but they're, and um, their mouths are like... I'm doing a gesture on the video that you can't see on the audio, but... Yeah, their mouths are more mouth. like 
They are more like that. They go and in they're, the grass, they go. Yeah. They're, like, they're go slimmer. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Yeah. They're like slimmer and, and longer. Yeah. 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 And there's a Pokemon named Dugong, despite the fact that that Pokemon is very clearly a seal. Right. And one of the most expensive, one of the beanie babies that is still worth the most is Manny the manatee. Oh, funny. <laughs> yeah. Sap, there's a Pokemon called Pikachu, even though that Pokemon is clearly just a cat with a lightning bolt coming out of its butt. It's no, it's based off of a real mouse animal, Danny. Oh. Called the Pika or something like that. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there it's are based- Pikas. Here's here's might be a here's your fun Pokemon fact. It's based on an automatopoeia for that a mouse sound makes and that like electricity makes a Japanese automatopoeia. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, that is true. But also, it was based off of a real mouse thing that does have more pointy ears than a than a normal mouse. Okay. okay anyway, speaking of normal mice, I have a question about Veggie Tales. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What is it, Danny? Um, Ash, I'm can sure you I sing can the manatee it. song for oh us? This is just like God. the Teletubby episode all over again. <laughs> Teletubby episode. <laughs> Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And you're the one who knew the most about them. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's right. <laughs> Barbara, manatee, manatee, manatee. You're the one for me, one for me, one for me. Said from up above, up above, up above. You're the one I love. That's why you are the one I love. I'll go to the ball with you, Barbara, manatee. Mantis don't come from above. <laughs> they do if you're you further down in the ocean. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, <laughs> I think the, the is what they're trying Mantis to imply is that water. Jesus sent the manatee. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Veggie Tales. <laughs> okay, to be fair though, Meg, if you were religious <laughs> and you were going to pick one animal that was sent from heaven on high, who else but the manatee? Like, is there a more just, divine I was creature? A, it's whales, but um, my first reaction was okay, to say but snakes. But a manatee is like the lion child of a whale already... and a cow. <laughs> kind of? <laughs> Maybe a whale and a seal. <laughs> no. <laughs> my flatmate tried to argue with me and say that, like, this the Irish... Got it's one of those uh, myth of like the selkie, which is like mm-hmm. a woman that puts on a seal skin. And she's a seal, and she takes her skin off. She becomes a little, like a woman. And my friend, I tried to convince me that they were actually manatees that they were talking about. And I was like, my friend, manatees do not live that far north. They are they like the warm weather. And they're like, no, no, no. I know I'm right about this. So I like googled it, and it was like, where do manatees live in the equator? Manatees so I can like tell you warm weather. That selkies because are not manatees. They don't have that good of circulation. Um, because they're not super active. They mostly float. Um, they're the pandas of the sea. Truly. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Speaking of Star Wars. Speaking of Star Wars. I don't know which, I don't know which one of you asked, why do we still do a Star Wars podcast this episode? But this stopped becoming a Star Wars podcast a long time ago. (laughs) It's a podcast about other things and then there's Star Wars sprinkled across it. It's Megan for dweebs. That's what the podcast is. (laughs) It says so right on our Twitter page. For dinguses and Meg. (laughs) Alright, so in chapter 7 of The Crystal Star, which is a Star Wars book. Very loosely. (laughs) Correct. Very loosely a Star Wars book. 
All of the kids are left alone in the dining hall because all of the proctors were attacked by bugs. Jaina, not yet a broken child, <laughs> shouts that they should all go outside. I don't like the ominous yet there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, in the long span of Star Wars, there's some tough moments. Mm. The rest of the kids follow Jason and Jaina outside to play in the sun. Jaina keeps trying to figure out how they're going to get past the dragon. And Jason, having an affinity for animals, figures out that it's a young dragon and it really just wants to play. Also, Jason is my favorite um, solo child. Uh-huh. Good. He, I hope nothing he bad ever happens to him. <laughs> no, nothing no, I'm sure he's fine. Bad ever does. He has um, a good life. A good and happy he's life. He's fine. It's fine. A good and happy totally life. Fine. Right. At least he's not the child who was named after frickin' Anakin Skywalker. Like, that kid's doomed. <laughs> You're also correct about that. So, <laughs> um, they basically laser pointer cat the dragon <laughs> until the sun sets, and then Jason snuggles her snoot through the fence. Aww. There's like this big weird, I don't know it has an actual Star Wars name, but I don't know what the hell it is. Um, big weird dragon thing on the, like, first main planet you go to in the planet with the Jedi Temple in Fallen Order in the distance. It's like this big old dragon and when you're in like one of the rooms it looks down on you and like blows its blows its like snoot air at you. Mm-hmm. Um, snorts at you I guess is the real <laughs> word that I want there. Um, and I was like oh my god that thing is so cute because it kind of looks like a puppy as well. I'm going to oh. find it and so I climbed up, eventually found it and then discovered that they have made the gaps between the cliffs so big that you can't you can't quite reach it. You can't quite get over to that dragon. And it is the worst crime that game has ever committed. <laughs> That's the worst crime. I want to just play with the dragon. It rolls around and stuff. It's really Aww. cute. That's sweet. By this time, the head proctor comes out and yells at the kids. And Jaina and Jason act innocent and say they thought he said go outside. Um, and we didn't mean to be bad. And so for punishment, the kids are just sent to spend the rest of the day in their rooms, which the other kids don't like, but it gives Jaina more time to work. Across the galaxy, the Ferrero ship disengages Wait. itself from the Alderaan. Saf, you have to do the across the galaxy sound. Whoop! <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Um, it looks like Rilau is getting better, and Leia admits that their disguises are, in fact, terrible. (laughs) She goes into her room and takes her hair down. Even Chewie is shocked at how long it is, Han being one of the few people who regularly see her with her hair down. She thought about cutting it, but it's Alderanian tradition to keep it long and just put it up in buns and braids. She rummages through her drawers, and she finds some color crawlers. Oh, yeah. She mixes up some black. I love this. I really do like it. She mixes up some black and silver ones and throw them at Chewie. And they crawl along, coloring his hair as they go. And Chewie's like, at first, he's like, what the fuck? But then he's like, oh, I actually kind of like this. (laughs) Let's see. Chewie is getting ready for pride. Star Wars has the opportunity to do so many weird sci-fi things and right. like just make up weird stuff, and it never does. It always like here's an analogy for a phone, here's an analogy for a car, and this one's just, they're just like they just make some shit up. Here's like, some who needs worms. To dye their hair in this day and age. 
Worms. What if the solution to everything in this book was worms? <laughs> I'd be here for that. It's like June, but better. Well, the children yeah. have been kidnapped. Worms! Well, Luke's, <laughs> in the deleted scenes for A New Hope, Luke's nickname is Wormy, so you could say oh, yeah. that the answer... <laughs> Boy, I really hope that sentence was going to end in the deleted scenes for the Crystal Star. <laughs> yeah. like, wait, there, there's bonus features to this book? As right. a writer, I can promise you there are deleted scenes from every book. And sure. it's Fair. so many worms. <laughs> it's so all worms. worms. All worms. They're like, <laughs> you need to stop with the worms. <laughs> they crawl. Oh, okay. Um, she asks Chewie to pick out some for her, and he picks out some green ones, but she's like, no, and uses boring browns and only one very dark green. So, like, Leia, why even ask for help? God damn, girl. She's really disrespectful. In this it's book. like going to the hairdresser and be like, do whatever you want. And then as soon as I try to talk to no, her, not like, don't do that, though. Yeah. Not that. And not that. And not that thing, too. I don't know where, like, the EU got this idea that Leia is incredibly high maintenance, because there's literally nothing in the original trilogy to show that at all. They don't know how to ride a woman. Because she's a lady, and she keeps all of her special trinkets inside of her ship, like makeup and hair dye. Lady doesn't even wear a bra. Like, she's free. Yes, as, she's running free. As was made very clear again in these chapters. <laughs> <laughs> Leia has to explain to Chewie that they can't be them anymore because whoever took the kids will be expecting them to chase and they will probably set a trap. Maybe if you had green hair, it'd be a bit more easier to disguise yourself. I'm like, her hair is already a born brown. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like... Just making it a slightly different brown isn't going to be a good disguise. Yeah, I feel like when my when I use a filter that makes my hair slightly diff- like slightly darker brown, mm-hmm. people still realize it's me. They can see that photo and be like, oh yeah, that's Seth. Right. My hair just looks that's, a little bit darker. That's Seth. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of get the whole comment of like, oh, is your hair a little bit different? Instead of, right. oh, who oh, are you? Oh, did you dye your hair? Who yeah. are you? No, <laughs> right. I would like to state that none of you noticed that my fringe shape has changed, so it's fine. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> None of you commented on my haircut either. I'm I'm deeply hurt by this. It does look good, Ash. Thank you. Everyone looks really great. <laughs> Thank you, Vic. I just wanted I just wanted that. Thank you. It's a very good shape. That's like a shape I always ask to get, and then it never happens because my hair does not behave that way. Mm, that's fair. I'm I'm lucky. And also it's a lot of hair straightening to keep it that way. Oh, I don't. Mm. <laughs> if I don't, it's like, woo, up up up. Not down. Okay, high high maintenance Leia. Yeah, with her high maintenance fringe. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> they have to be Lalila and the bo- oh. Lalila the bounty hunter and <laughs> Gay Ahab. Gay Ahab. <laughs> Gay Ahab. It's very clear. <laughs> okay, here's the thing as well. Is that in the original trilogy, we clearly see that Leia can disguise herself as a one bounty Just hunter. Just put on a helmet. Which even, like, uses a voice modulator to make herself sound different. Acts like a total dick to everyone. Like, she could do this. <laughs> she probably doesn't have any masks aboard the Alderaan. Even though, from what she keeps thinking about happens aboard the Alderaan, she might have some fancy costumes. <laughs> I feel like, of all people, Leia would have a store of, like, helmets just in case you needed them. 
Not this Leia. Not EU Leia. Yeah, I keep forgetting this is older EU Leia. I need mm-hmm. to stop forgetting that. Yeah. So I really like how Leia says, all right, we have to stop being Leia and Chewie. We're now Leila and the bounty hunter gay Ahab. And <laughs> like it, the author heard her as well. Because then any time in the rest of these chapters when she's referring to these two characters, she doesn't call them Leia and Chewie. <laughs> Even though nope. it's clearly we know it's Leia and Chewie in disguise, it's Leila did this and Gay Ahab did this. <laughs> <laughs> What's dramatic irony? <laughs> Listen, I am not surprised with the way, because like how she switches when she's talking about like Jaina. And like Jason, yeah. where it's like, oh, it's child time now. <laughs> You're right. like, God damn it. The children are talking. <laughs> okay, across the galaxy. <laughs> Han didn't do so well at cards that night. It didn't drink enough to feel okay about it. When he gets back to his room... 3PO and Luke are waiting for him just like the night before. <laughs> I don't think that's his room at this point. Have we ever seen Han be good at cards? I feel like we're always referring to back in the day when Han was good at cards, but we at never actually see Solo, Han be good at cards. At the end of Solo, he was good. Oh, sorry, Steph. I meant in canon. No, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> then no. <laughs> no. No. Luke insists that they have to talk, that he and Zaveri went back to watch the ceremony some more. Han says, later. 3PO tries to ask for more money so he can go shopping and bring Han breakfast in bed. (laughs) And so they don't have to eat out in restaurants. And Han points out the very important truth that half the fun of vacations is eating out, which, correct. They both seem disappointed in Han, but it's not like either of them are getting their way. Luke continues to threaten Han with his lightsaber, which is, like, really weird, Luke. You really need to stop that. <laughs> he's still Luke, just, like, sitting in the cool. corner and just whenever Han says something slightly <laughs> problematic, it's like, Pew. It's not, it's, I like, not even problematic. It's just, like, Han's just like, I would like to sleep now. <laughs> and Luke's just like, Vroom. Leia, come pick me oh up. God. Your brother's being weird. <laughs> <laughs> Han's like, real you weird. haven't commented on my fringe. It's fine, but you haven't commented on it. And it's just like, Vroom. <laughs> I'll give you a new fringe. <laughs> oh God! <no. laughs> he insists that if they bring back, bring Waru back to the New Republic, it'll really help people. But again, Han points out that Waru is not a Jedi. And Luke admits this, and that he doesn't know if Waro's connected to the Force at all, but he needs to know. So Luke doesn't know shit about this Waru guy, and is still like, we need to bring him back to the Republic! It'll be good! It'll be great! It'll be fine! Luke is the most useless character in this entire book. I feel like Luke and (laughs) Han just People wanted this Luke in the movies. I feel like Luke and Han just, like, traded places in this particular book. Because Han is usually the one who's, like, a little bit out of touch, a little bit, like... ambitious and lofty and luke is like thoughtful and 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 just like it's the exact opposite here (laughs) han is just sleepy and does a coin trick oh yeah suddenly han is into like doing magic tricks (laughs) he's a dad he's gotta pick up the the dad skills you know he's gotta to to, like do coin tricks right 
Like, in, I mean, his children can use the force. He's got to do something to embrace them. That's like fair. an Ant-Man and the Wasp when he's when he's researching <laughs> close-up magic. Ah, uh, yes. Kids love it. And if Han anyone Solo had compares so- <laughs> the Crystal Star to Ant-Man and the Wasp by their Rogue Potter bingo cards, congratulations. That was a long shot, but you got it. <laughs> I'm here. I always help those underdogs. Um, and 3PO figures it out by filming it and slowing it down, but unfortunately he did not record any of the Wara ceremony that way. What the? Three, I love 3 PO's <laughs> super convenient plot armor, right? Like, oh, I can translate a Sith document. I just can't. I need, I, or I, I can't, just can't trans- tell you about it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, sorry, didn't record this presumably really important thing. Sorry. I'll get him next Cameras time. should <laughs> always be rolling. <clears throat> Han asks where Zaveri is, and they left her back in the dome. Luke assures him it's fine because she's been staying with Wara for a long time, has been there for just for, for its first meetings, but Han runs out of his room to go save her. To be fair, I feel like this dome is a very ominous place. It's a bad place, but yeah. like... I would not like to leave a friend there. Seth. Whoop! Rilo is finally awake and is pretty aggressive toward Laylila until she keeps using Rilo's name and says that she doesn't own her body. Um, she talks about right. how <clears throat> she was brought to that ship five years ago so she knows about the fall of the Empire. Leia and Chewie are so hecking naive and think that slave trading is gone just because the New Republic outlawed it. What? Chewie of all people. (laughs) Yeah, should not be this naive about it. Reload declines. Uh... Yeah, thank you for finishing those show notes. Because that's just <laughs> why, why, like, yeah. If it's a thing that you have to pass a law against, that means it's probably still going to happen. Yeah, and if right? not that time, there's definitely some space Jim Crow action going on. Right, like, mm-mm, not good. Rilau declines Leila's offer to get rid of her slave marks. She asks Leila, "Oh my God, how she even found <laughs> ships?" In the first place, they were very hidden, and she has to dodge the questions, but tells her that she followed the ship there, but it was gone before she arrived and no longer can track it. Rilau says darn. that the sli- darn says the slaver ship could have gone anywhere and that it's connected to the Empire Reborn. Lelila scoffs at it, but Rilau names some pretty key worlds that are a part of it and that the members have money and power. We find out that Rilau's son was aboard the slaver ship, which is why she was concerned about if Lelila had shot down the ship or not. <laughs> Gay Ahab comforts her in her wailing and, promi- and Lelila promises that they'll find her son, but she'll need her help. Gay Ahab oh, comforts her in her wailing. I've definitely read that fic before. <laughs> wow. That's Damn really it, Danny, a... you beat me by that like is one a rare pair. <laughs> but does it does back up the fact that Chewie is like a ladies' man in the galaxy. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. Maz Kanata is not Chewie's only tryst. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not at all. 
<laughs> Han makes it to the dome, and he's so pissed and annoyed. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Han makes it to the dome, and he's so <laughs> pissed and annoyed. When he gets in, it's so packed, he has no hopes of getting to the front where Severi is, where her head and shoulders are bowed, and he just hates everything about it. An Athorian family brings a sick youth to Waru, asking for help. Did you say Athorians? Every- yes, I in did. In this book? <gasps> yep. Yay! Athorians in my Star Wars? It's more like The nicest and kindest and gentlest <laughs> species in all of Star Wars. Just mm-hmm. coming to do some gentle worshipping. Yep. This will be so nice. Yep. Um... <laughs> So, Waru does the usual, gonna heal it, make everybody happy, and its scales melt into the Waru womb that covers the Athorian. This time, though, Waru starts wailing in mutual high and low register. There's a lot of wailing in this book, and not like, <laughs> and not like the, ooh, not like fun wailing. Wails. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I'm so glad that Waru is going to heal this young Ithorian child. That, if any family deserves it, it's the Ithorian family. So, like, the fact that he's putting the extra effort to make sure that he does it really well with the extra wailing just fills my heart with love and joy. So, Waru and the Waru womb start to glow again, and all of the audience except Han kneels and looks toward the ground mm-hmm. and then Haru not Haru, Han sees <laughs> that's their shipper name <laughs> Han, oh no enemies, enemies to lovers um, yeah, Han for sure that the water <laughs> to lovers <laughs> that the, oh no uh. that the water womb explodes and feels the horribleness that comes from that and Waru apologizes to the Athorians for not being able to save their kin Um, and it also kind of blames them for its failure and Waru says that back the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) well it could just be you know you waited too long and you know Maybe it was just that time to die. <laughs> like, oh my god, Waru f- is such a mansplainer. Yes. Um, Waru says the efforts have exhausted it, and it just tightens up like a roly-poly and goes to sleep. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> right. you just committed murder in front of all of our eyes. Uh-huh. Of the gentlest and most peaceful species in the entire galaxy. Well, who just want only to in front of- planet. Only in front of Han's eyes, everybody else diverted their gaze. Oh, right. So it's Han's fault. Uh-huh. Actually, Han's the only one who bared witness, so good for him. The crowd departs, and Han closes his eyes and tries to calm down from what he had seen. Zaveri finds him and calms him, pulling him outside. They run into Luke, who felt a disturbance in the force, and also 3PO. <laughs> they follow Han back towards the <laughs> without asking more questions once they're out of sight of the dome Zaveri pulls Han Han aside and asks him 
Han. <laughs> we gotta save Han. Um, if he now understands that Waru is real and really dangerous, Han does. He heard the satisfied sound Waru made when it killed the Athorian and absorbed their life into it. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. That's not what a womb does. That's <laughs> the opposite of what a womb should be doing. The womb pushes it out. <laughs> the womb gives it life and then pushes it out. Yeah. It does not take its life and then absorb it. Waru's womb like giveth that. and Waru's womb taketh away. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, I kind of hate that we're talking about this. <laughs> Me too. Let's well, let's, let's move on. Away from there. Poor child. That poor child. That poor child. <laughs> so reload. There's a lot of like mental imagery in this book that is very, very disturbing to me. That is chief among all of it. It just everything about Waru is just like I also How like- can How can beautiful golden scales be wasted on something so gross? <laughs> I like. I don't want to get on the Waru splaining train, and like blame the family for this. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like there's some there's there's some tragic backstory here about why these Ithorians abandoned their cultures, like spiritual beliefs that all religion and spirituality comes from the planet and from the earth itself. You know, like the plants and the animals, and instead decided to seek out like. You know, it's probably just the tragedy of, like, they can't find the the healing solution for their child. And this is, like, their last-ditch effort. Yeah, it's like, um, you see in a lot of, like, American things, right? Where, or not even American, but just people leaving their homes to try all kinds of medical procedures that haven't been tested, that haven't been reviewed because everything they have tried just doesn't work. Um, and so like, I get their desperateness and like, we also see like the effect that Waru has once they got there. Right. That like, once you see it, you're, you're drawn in by it. Like, except Han, who was just like, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. So I I feel so bad for them because they they were pushed to the point in which they didn't believe that Ethor had a solution for them. Maybe our only option is this golden scaled mucusy deity. This that has like dripping ichor, Just drip drip dropping all over the place, making stalactites. <laughs> uh, did you all ever play drip drip drop as a kid? Like, from Pooh Bear? Uh, so it's like Duck, Duck, Goose, but you have a cup of water, and you go around the circle, and you go drip on each person's head. Drip, mm-hmm. drip, <laughs> and then you choose one kid, and you go drop, and you dump the whole cup of water on their head, and then they have to chase you around the circle. Uh, should... Oh, they've got extra motivation then to chase you. Yeah, exactly. I'm just imagining, like, Waru would enjoy that game. Ooh. Except it's like dropping a drip of I- Icor. <laughs> And then just like dumping all of his innards on someone. <laughs> Drop. <laughs> like I'm imagining like a sea cucumber, right? Like that's what Waru yes. looks like in my head. Yeah. And like just it's when sea cucumbers um throw up their like stomachs or intestines in defense and then like scoot away while whatever is attacking them just eats the stomach. And then it just regrows one. The dream. The ocean is cool. <laughs> yeah. 
So we we have a sea waru cumber, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Relau is getting straight. All of this mental imagery is just making me uncomfortable. (laughs) I am so glad I have a Fantasia. It's certainly real good. (laughs) The Ferrero ship starts flying away from the group, and Lalila says that she's going to wake up people in all the other ships. Relau tells her that it's a waste of time, and they won't know anything anyway. And Relau then kind of tells the story of how the ships got there, in which the person who brought the ships there was the same person who was responsible for building them, as well as arresting and convicting the people inside of them. He even condemned his own people, the Ferrarios. The Ferrero Rochers. <laughs> yeah, the, Fer- the Ferrario Rochers. <laughs> Which I actually can't eat because as a child, I ate too many of them and now they disgust me, much the, like Cadbury cream eggs. The Guy Fieri. It's okay. If you ever get given them, give them to me because I, I love them. I have two huge packs of them that I got for Christmas. So Nick, next time I visit I'm you, saving them for you. <laughs> I'm chowing down on yeah. those Ferreros. <laughs> Your eyes got so big. You're so I love those things so much. Well, They're like everything I love. It's like hazelnut. And chocolate. Like, my mom was in Germany, and so she tried to buy our love with candy. And so oh, yeah. she would just send, like, them all the time, which, like, thankfully, I'm, I've am i not been put off of Haribo gummies, but Ferrero oh, Shays, I can't, I can't. See, I even put off Har- Haribo gummies from my own mistakes as a child, so we can just switch. That's me and Cadbury Cream Eggs. That was my own mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he believed that the empire would last a thousand years and that he would also last a thousand years. And the ships were like a 401k for that time period. <clears throat> this was done by the procurator of justice, a shadowy figure that Leila understood existed, although no one really knew what they looked like. When the emperor fell, he decided he shouldn't have to wait and then came for the ships and brought them here. Every so often, he walks through the ships and takes the kids to either rebuild the empire or sell them to slavery. Sometimes he wakes up the parents, hoping to break them by having them see their children stolen. So, cool. Cool. That's good. Cool. We find out that the procurator of justice is Hethrier! And Rilau explains that all of the Ferrer children weren't stolen. Her son was the last one. Because when Hethrier took all of their people, he left the kids on the planet and then destroyed it, forcing all of the adults to see their children die. I just remembered that I had a dream about Hethrier last night. Oh. (laughs) Wait, for real? Yeah, like I was studying for a history test and Hethrier was like one of the names on the flashcard that I had to learn. (laughs) <laughs> that's so weird I was like John Quincy Adams sixth president <laughs> in the United States son of John Adams Lord Hethrier heir apparent to the Empire Reborn <laughs> too interested in children <laughs> yeah Yep. I had a dream one time where Saf punched me in the face totally unrelated but it felt like the time to what? bring it up Seth, dream Seth. Seth is always a dick, apparently to people. <laughs> it's a real Seth what wants is. to do. <laughs> it is. It is not. I would like to fist fight Dream Seth and kick her ass. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. 
Yeah. I'm, so would I. A lot of people would, TBH. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now, Hethry has stolen all of the kids, and so he's taking them from New Republic worlds. Leila admits that she's been hired to find some kidnapped children, and that she's new to this type of work. Rilau says she'll help, and then they need to go to Chalcedon, which sounds like a Pokemon gym. Sounds Seth. like Ch- Chalicerae. Whoop! Hethrir is leading the Proctors and Tigris and Anakin to his ship so they can go do the purification ritual. Apparently when it fails, it ends in death for that person. But they're all sworn to not talk about it, except Tigris, who stays quiet out of loyalty to Hethrir. We talked last week about how purification ritual is never a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't just imagine that, yeah. No, it's gross. We didn't hit that conversation. His arms get, Tigris's arms get tired and he puts Anakin down, but Anakin immediately starts sobbing and yelling and only quiets down when Heth, nope, when Tigris hugs him and tells him it's all right. Anakin hugs him back and Tigris thinks about how Hethra never touches him. And the last person who's tu- he who has touched him was his mother, a traitor who was stealing his force powers whenever she like pat him on the head. I don't think that's how the force works. It's was his mother a witch of Dathomir? Uh, but he's a tiger. <laughs> but he's a tiger. <laughs> Maybe he was adopted. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Tigris has to run to the ship with Anakin when he notices that Hether is watching them scornfully. And the Proctors are already loaded up, ready to rock. Tigris straps Anakin to one of the seats. Oh my god, Meg. And Hethra orders Tigris to come with him. It sets Anakin off crying, and Tigris hesitates, wanting to go back and comfort him, but it follows Hethra instead. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a ploy to make Anakin more self-reliant, and he berates Tigris again for hesitating about his orders. Tigris is quietly in the cockpit with Hethrir, watching him pilot the ship, and notices that eventually Anakin stops crying. Cool. Should we have a purification ritual at Rogue PodCon? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who are we purifying, though? All it's gonna us. be- we're gonna do- yeah. The, it's gonna just be Just, like, Rogue Pod- like, the concept of Rogue Pod, and we're gonna purify it. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a bad idea. No, it's gonna be great. With this. Because we're gonna purify with something- Weird, probably. <laughs> like tequila. Yeah. Mm, I'm here for that. Yeah. Woo, we're purified. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Han finally gets to sit down again, back in the lodge. Zaveri scolds Han for going to see Waru alone, but it's not like he's ever listened to her before. He You're could not jeopardize the boss of me. He what? could jeopardize the trust Waru has in her, and she's been just fine alone with it for a long time, Han. Han feels so shaken up and vulnerable, and imagines if it was him and his family up there and had offered up Anakin, obviously his favorite. Um, he comforts himself by thinking about how his kids and Leia and Chewie are all so safe and having such a great time on Munto Kotru. Oh, they're having the best time. That's so, what we call dramatic so irony. So that's good. dramatic irony. So such such a fun time. Such a relaxing time. Yeah. You're just 
sprawled so, out in the sun so, having a good time. So great. Suddenly furious, Han asks Zaveri if she knew the Ithorian was going to die. She knew someone was, but there's no way to know who or when. Luke says that all healers fail sometimes. And Han insists that Luke doesn't understand because he wasn't there. Waru liked it. Waru did it on purpose. Luke really needs to. Han knows Waru is evil, but Luke is, Luke is all like, nah, bro, don't jump to conclusions. But Zaveri has jumped to nothing <laughs> and has been watching and knows it to be true. And they just have... Uh, I marked something because I thought it was... I, I feel like I couldn't explain it. I appreciate oh. how in the new canon... Um, we got Ray instead of Waru. I feel like that's not right. <laughs> is that the trade? Well, yeah, yeah because like, like Ray does force healing, and you know what? I much prefer Ray than Waru version of force healing. I mean, I so far Ray's records one hundred. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Um, so we find out what Waru is as much as anybody knows what Waru is. And Zaveri explains that when Crusade Station belonged to the Empire, the Procreator of Justice uh, used it as oh. his headquarters. He used it as a prison for enemies of the Emperor. He used it as a torture chamber for his own personal enemies. And he used it to perform savage rites. It is said, when people breathe their secrets in the darkness, that Waru appeared in response to the Procreator's rites. It is said his sacrifices called Waru from empty space and strengthened Waru with the, with the lives of people. It is said that they forged a pact, an alliance, that when Waru is satisfied, Waru will reward the pro- procreator with absolute power. One more time? <laughs> I just wanted um, so- to be sure I heard all that correctly. Yeah, so basically what it seems like it's saying is that Waru was created from the death and secrets and pain of Hethra's enemies as he tortured them and murdered them. That doesn't seem like an evil thing at all. Yeah, and that Waru is strengthened by their deaths, and when Waru has killed enough, it will bestow power to Hethra to become the new galactic emperor. <laughs> oh, good. Mm, yeah. That's good. Same. Yeah. So, yes, Luke, you should definitely be on Team Waru. <laughs> Zaveri has been keeping tabs on the procreator of justice um, because he's not dead at all. And we'll be there the next time that he comes to the station. Luke still insists that Waru is a healer and therefore can't be bad. But Han points out that healers sure know how to kill people. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's definitely a thing. I love that Han is the only one who makes any sense in this book. But why is Han the only one that makes any sense in this book? He's a dad now. He's this got is, the dad powers. This is his dad strength. Luke's a Jedi. You're his father. Oh. Han says 
if it is of the force, then it's of the dark side. But Luke says it's not because he just knows. Well, Luke, you're clearly wrong. I mean, everyone else is telling you this thing is evil, and you're like, no, it's not. Right, like, just because you do some good things doesn't negate the bad things you do, or if you're made from death and torture, like... Not not really a good starting point, TBH. <laughs> no. 3PO is going to go back to the Falcon to get provisions. <laughs> Rubio's like, I'm still just making sure we got the base of our Maslow's hierarchy going on here. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And Zaveri asks Luke to leave them alone for a bit. She holds Han's hand and hugs him until he falls asleep. Which is just a nice friend thing to do. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I've done that with friends. With your relationship. Well, we we find out the insecure one later. Right. <laughs> Seth. Whoop. Hethro ships drops out of hyperspace near a black hole, and it will nice. take some time to get to Crisay Station. So we're about to meet up here. Uh, let's see. He goes to meditate to be ready for the purification and tells Tigris that he can sleep across his door. What an honor. That's what Spud does, but I'm pretty sure it's just because he's trying to, like, kill us, so... Yeah, Spud is preparing the purification ritual for all of you. (laughs) And the purification ritual is just getting us to trip over him and fall down the stairs. Yeah, because then it can feast on you. Yeah. Yeah. Wedge just sleeps on top of my feet, so when I wake up, I kick him in the face and everybody gets mad. (laughs) (laughs) You would think that at one point, someone would learn. (laughs) You would think. They never learn. No. Saf, one more time. Layla and Chewie strap in for their flight, happy to have something to do. And that's all that was for. Hana's having a nightmare of Anakin being in danger. Wow, First Anakin threatened. really is Han's favorite. <laughs> yes. Ironic, it though. Is, it is clear throughout the entirety, like, up through NJO, that, like, Anakin is Han's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, especially because Anakin's just, like, the precious little baby <laughs> right now. Uh, let's see. So, first threatened by a giant snake, which then turns into a Boba <laughs> <laughs> Why? Got the Boba Fett reference in. Why? Why is Han still haunted by Boba Fett? I don't know. You would think because, like, you would think because Han killed Boba Fett and Boba Fett went out like a chump, he would make fun of Boba Fett for the rest of his life. Clearly, some unresolved trauma in there, I guess. Yep. Right? Han killed him by accident when he was like. Still half blind from hibernation sickness. <laughs> Trying not to fall into the, the sand. He literally so. just stood up, went, Boba Fett, where? And like, twisted a little bit. Boba Fett, murdered. Boba Fett, where? Who among us isn't constantly haunted every day by the least threatening of our adversaries? <laughs> That's a really good point, though. You know? Damn. Just deep like, down. They were the least down. threatening for a reason. <laughs> like they're coming back with a vengeance one of these days like, Han literally pulled a gun on Darth Vader and he's still having nightmares about Boba Fett <laughs> like, he was tortured doing? by Darth Vader 
dreams about Boba Fett. Han is tortured by so many people, and yet Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett. Who among us? <laughs> Ugh. Let's see. And then Boba Fett turns into Waru, which is... is a spoiler for the end of this book? <laughs> Maybe. Waru I mean, you spent something... some time in the stomach of a Sarlacc. You might turn into, like, a drippy gold-plated monster, you know? You never know. I don't know how Sarlacc physiology works. What if those What if those scales are really Mandalorian armor? <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be something weird for the Mandalorian, like, season five. Oh, God. <laughs> what if the Mandalorian season five is just the Crystal Star? <laughs> yes. The, the role of Anakin this. Solo is played by Baby Yoda. Yes! Oh, I would love that. Would you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Why not, honestly? I mean, yeah. it'd be a great bullet on the on the predictions page on the wiki so you know what it would be (laughs) a feather in my cap yep dream waru whispers something or boba waru whatever you want to call it whispers something to anakin when make anakin goes running toward it han is then shaken awake by zaveri boba fett boba fett where (laughs) and she's like it's a dream (laughs) dummy also who the hell is boba fett (laughs) Han asks Avery if she has a family, not the one she lost, but a new one. She says that she'll always be alone because if she wasn't, she would have stayed with him. Because also, once you lose your family in a very horrific way, you're going to protect yourself from it ever happening again. She then leaves Han's room. I feel like she needs some serious therapy there. Yeah. Where's Wade when you need him? Right. But I mean, at least, at least she's doing something productive with her to cope. Like she's going after bad people and taking all their money and humiliating them or killing them. So it's kind of like, you know what? It's not the most unhealthy thing you could be doing. Yeah, that's true. She could have much unhealthy. Right. Like after you lose all your family, like there's a lot of ways you could go. Yeah, and going towards the killing or maiming evil people, I feel like that's that's the right way to go. Yeah, I mean, Marvel condoned it with Hawkeye, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but that was God. racist. Um, that was racist, That was super yeah. racist. Racist and sexist. Oh, God, so much. Oof. Where is Wedge right now, though? Actual question. He, at this point in time. Is he a general? He's a general mm-hmm. currently. I'm trying to think in the timeline. He's just doing some cool stuff. Oh, good for him. Just doing yeah. his own thing. Yeah. He's working with Akbar a lot. Um, he and Iyella are still together. Nice. Mm, they might have had their child by now. They have a kid? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. Sial. Sial, right? No, that's his sister. <laughs> oh, it's his sister. That's his <laughs> sister. <laughs> I forget what their daughter is called. I don't know. They have a daughter. Yeah. Han is a... No, Han. Which is a father. Yeah. That's so cute. It's so cute. Wow. Well, remember, Gavin, who is significantly younger, has two Bothan children he adopted by by this point. Yeah. And a very long goatee by now. Nope. Shaved it off. That was part of his... That was part of his Aseer mourning period, is that he shaved off all of his fur. 
Um, oh, thank God. I see her kiss to this hair. I can't keep it on my I face. Can't. I can't. Every time I look at it, I think about being a Bothan. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's like, but your kids. And he's just like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I try my best not to look at them. It's fine. Oh, my God. Aww. That's not true. He's a very involved dad. Seriously. He loves those kids. Um, let's see. Han goes over to Luke's room and sees him meditating on the balcony. 3PO has set a table for a light brunch with provisions from the Falcon. 3PO is the unsung hero of the story. <laughs> Truly. Seriously. He paid the bills. He's going to get the like, food. Are you staying hydrated? Here's some water. Right. Luke comes in to the room and- We all need a purple 3PO in our lives. Yeah. And Luke is pissed at Han, thinking that he boned Zaveri last night. Look, guys and girls can be friends, okay? Just be chill, man. Just be chill, dude. Which, funny, when Luke last night was talking about not jumping to conclusions about Waru being evil when there was actual proof of Waru being evil, but Han being asleep in the vicinity of another woman somehow means he's cheating. Fucking Luke. Oh, Wormy. Why are you like this? Because <laughs> his name is Wormy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Han tries to defend himself, but Luke is not listening. He storms off, which makes Han storm off, and 3PO is sad that they didn't like the meal. Oh, poor 3PO. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Poor 3PO. purple 3PO. So, we... These chapters end at a point of significant tension. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But things are going to start coming to head because Anakin is on Anakin is on the way to Crisay Station to get purified by Waru. <sighs> Woo! They're all gonna collide. <laughs> um, <laughs> last week's listener question was Tell us a thing about you. I'm actually, really, I'm actually really excited for this one. Please note that That's the cute. listener question was a thing. <laughs> Will we pay attention? To who paid attention to those directions when we distribute listening bodies this week? I feel like you're subtweeting someone with your mouth. Gee, <laughs> I feel like you're subtweeting someone with your mouth. Is that really the phrase? Do you use? Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what's happening, isn't it? Yes. So Malai said, <laughs> I at one point knew how to play the tenor saxophone, and at this point definitely no, uh, definitely no longer can do that. I do ukulele, though. Oh, nice. Ooh, tenor I saxophone. like ukulele. That's cool. Sick. Um, do you think she's playing it the same way as the tenor saxophone? Just, you know. Uh, like, with her mouth? <laughs> I don't know you if know. you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Ash is trying oh, to act oh, this out good, for good tenor saxophone there, Ash. <laughs> um, I like that we went two separate ways of Ash is like holding one like a tenor sax, and I'm like plucking the strings with your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of just blowing on the string. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> We're so stupid. 
X wings in history said, "I can at one time load and fire a musket in eighteen point twenty five seconds." Damn, that seems impressive. Okay. They're the big Not old to be ones, pissing right? X wing in history off anytime soon. Hey, you got eighteen point two five seconds to react, so I feel like that's, that's <laughs> a <laughs> Wait, amount of time. But I need to know: is that considered like what's the world record for loading and firing a musket? If it's 18.25 seconds, like, right well done, X-Wings. Right, but if it's, wait, like, wait, five wait. seconds, then I'm then not impressed. What are you doing with your life? Right. <laughs> Unless it was, like, an accident. Um, Tom, uh, Tom the fanboy said so many things. In, <laughs> in Boy Scouts, I attained the rank of Eagle Scout. I was elected a patrol leader of the Owl Patrol and later the Screaming Eagle Patrol. My first merit badge was orienteering. My oldest peach piece of Star Wars merch is a decrepit Yoda mask I inherited from my father. It haunts our living room to this very day. To nobody's surprise, I lettered in drama and choir in high school. In college, I started our production of Schoolhouse Rock the Musical. I once fanboyed about an indie comic book so hard uh, they named a character after me, villainized me, and had me shot by one of the original cast. <laughs> what? That happened in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> That's... Wild. I later showed up to SDCC 2003 cosplaying as the villain and took photos with the author. I still have all of my vintage. <laughs> played with Star Wars toys from the 80s, except one. I got a Zuckus from my aunt for Christmas, and his head was uniquely squishy, so I ended up chewing it off. So I ended up chewing it off. I have a double. <laughs> I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I have a double uvula thanks to a gene on my grandmother's side. I call it a duvula. <laughs> so many things, Tom. <laughs> I've learned, I've just learned so many things about Tom. Um, Ben Warren. I I think the least surprising bit of information is that Tom, the fanboy, like, fanboyed about a thing so hard (laughs) that the franchise was like, yeah, we're killing you off now. (laughs) That's amazing. Anyways, keep an eye on future episodes of Rogue Padron, no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Pen, Pen Warman said the first bit of creative writing I ever did outside of school was a Star Wars fanfic. I don't remember much about it and all records of it have been lost, but I do remember being immediately unhappy with it, so some things never change. Oh, <laughs> That's cute. And then Suarez- mine, was, mine was two. I was ten and it was a Star Wars Star Trek crossover, but Whoa. I was writing it without ever seeing any kind of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I knew who the I knew I who the Borg that. were because of a very annoying boy in my grade who had a crush on me was obsessed with Star Trek uh. and kept telling me that Star Trek was better than Star Wars. My very first like Star Wars fanfic was a wedge and a wedge ex Leia fic that takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Salty. Yeah. Don't know what I, I was mean, thinking. <laughs> at that point, isn't she kind of a presumed widow? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you like flash to Han frequently to show him just like sitting there being like hmm. screaming in he's carbonite? In, he's in carbonite, so like Wow. Ash, that was like uh prophetic almost. <laughs> you just really understood character. Yeah. Damn, damn. And, and Suara just said Palpatine's dating profile would say he become smooth he say he can become smoother wrinkly at will. That's a listener question from like a month ago. Also, that's Yoda, not Palpatine. You think of the wrong one. <laughs> Liam said I can play piano. My favorite audio dramas are Love and Luck and Ours Paradoxica. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Love and Luck. Very good Australian one. 
my friend my friend created it it's it's very good to go listen to it and also ask paradoxica also good yeah liam uh dinner said i don't have nearly enough photos of me as oberon in a high school production of midsummer wearing a chif- uh, chiffon shirt and an 80s rocker wig and an enormous crushed velvet cape by which i mean i have zero photos of that it was one of my favorite experiences no. <laughs> No! He talks about this Zero photos. a lot. amazing! Oh my god. <laughs> Please. Oh my god. That's like one of my favorite Shakespeare plays. How hard, can it be find to find, how hard can it be to find a chiffon shirt and an 80s rocker wig? And an he doesn't really need the wig anymore. Kit. Yeah, he's kind of got just yeah, the hair anyways. Yeah. And like, Odie got a huge orange crushed velvet cape, so... Like it can't be hard to find another old one. Yeah, just just hook up with Odie's dealer. Yeah, all set. Okay, Cape so dealer. does that mean we're gonna put on a version of Midsummer Night's Dream and Roebuck? Oh hell yes! I'm here for it. Can I be Puck? I want sure. To be Puck. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, we'll start learning our lines now. <laughs> oh my god! I already know mine. Rogue Padron does Shakespeare. Would be terrible. It would be amazing. You know what? But we have a lot William of Shakespeare himself. Readings. William Shakespeare himself would be a fan. Yeah, he'd be like, "This is terrible. I love it." He was the shit poster. <laughs> he was a shit poster. Yeah. And this—that is like the most appropriate of Shakespeare plays to like. You're right. Shit if we're gonna around. do one, right? Yeah. Like we're not doing with Hamlet, even though I've done no. a comedy version of Hamlet. But we could do Macbeth. Yeah. Eh. Could be fairies though. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking the Witches of Dathomir. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Mika said, in kindergarten, I decided it was boring, showed myself out, and walked all the way home. When my mom <laughs> bought me back, <laughs> no one had noticed. After that, they installed safety doors at the entrance. Mika! <laughs> Sunday, I'm moving cross-country to finish my bachelor, and I'm terrified. Oh, my God, that's oh, today! Right oh, so oh, Mika, much. you're gonna do so great. Mika, you're gonna Congratulations. do Congratulations. You're going to do amazing, We're Mika. so proud of you. Just, like, stay so put in class. <laughs> yeah. Don't just That's walk out when it's boring. You have to finish it. Don't just walk out when it's boring. See, I, I did that even in university, and I didn't get my degree, so don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ross said, I played assassins in college and once won a wound wearing a tabard with a white tree on it, charging down a hill, s- s- screaming for Gonder. I'm pretty sure I peaked there, honestly. Dang. Okay. True nerd. Yeah. Uh, Hassan said, I'm a husband, dad, and pop pop. I oh, okay, I get it. Grandpa. <laughs> Wait, you're a pop pop? That's so cute. <laughs> also, I listen and enjoy the music of hip hop, video game, and movie soundtracks. The more yeah. you know. Yeah. Good stuff. <sighs> Nick said, I sometimes skip the episode entirely and just listen to the listener responses. <laughs> God damn it, Nick! <laughs> That's not what you jokes. admit to us. So you don't say that out loud. <laughs> that is not the kind of fact about you we wanted to know. No, we want facts about you, not about how you interact with us. Damn. <laughs> and God damn, I mean, you're still doing this with play counts, so. <laughs> Getting us on that trending chart in the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Number and, 128. <laughs> Zero said, my true identity is blank blank. God damn it. Beep, beep. That's a high pitch. I can go for the beeps. How many? (laughs) 
don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's too many stars in the Do stars though. match the count. number of letters in Mallory Comlun? Oh my god. No, they don't. Okay. Well, there goes that theory. <laughs> and they don't match Alexander Freed either. Right. Damn it. <laughs> um Sarah said, when I was 14, I decided I was going to get a PhD in astrophysics after reading about Danny Kui in the new, uh, the NJO books because Aww. I'm a massive nerd. Now I'm 21 Aww. and starting to look at grad school so I can do that. And also panicking <gasps> because grad school, uh, <laughs> Aww. Look at us, smart listeners. Also, I discovered Rogue Podden over the summer when I was rereading the X-Wing books, and I'm slowly working my way through the old episodes. They've been such a delight to listen to in a nice break from the stress of school. Thanks, y'all, for making such a lovely podcast. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Good luck with your grads. Yes. Wow, yes. so many listeners, like, accomplishing things with their life. I'm really proud of them. And then, then there's us. And then there's us, making episode <laughs> 127 of this podcast. <laughs> Hey, we're bringing That's delight to people who are stressed doing things. Right? See, we're helping the you're accomplished right, people right. have a nice yeah, life. Make sure to credit <laughs> us when you like give your PhD acceptance speech. That's how it works, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, great. yeah, yeah. You know, any kind of any kind of award show speeches, credit where credit is due. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'd like to thank my parents. Your Nobel and, PhD and, prize. Yeah, I like to thank my yeah. parents. I like to thank my professors. I would like to thank Broad Padron. Subscribe. Without whom I couldn't have done like this. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Smash that like button. <laughs> Leave them a review on iTunes. <laughs> Rate and review on iTunes. <laughs> and and donate to their Patreon because they're so close to that musical episode. So close. Oh god. Um and this one is also from Dylan. Uh, thank you for taking a moment out of the podcast to share about your friend John and to honor how he would have let people know how they uh, how they impacted them. I would really like Rogue Pod to know that both as a pod and as individuals, you really make my Twitter timeline a better place. You make me smile with your shenanigans and help me learn uh, help me learn with new, uh, with your perspectives and inspire me with your various talents. And you make me feel very accomplished with the listening bodies. Thanks, all of you. Aww. You are accomplished, my friend. And uh, this week's question is, what's your least favorite fluid? <laughs> oh my god. What's your least favorite fluid? Danny, did you write this? Sorry, did I ruin the moment? <laughs> you really, okay. you really rogue pondered that up. <laughs> did, did anyone have a better listener question from this week? I do not, and I'm mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do we gotta do glistening bodies though yeah uh, I'm, I'm gonna, i know it wasn't an answer to the question but i'm giving mine to dill diff because that made me made me cry i'm gonna give mine to malai just because i play you clearly too i gave yes. mine to mika because i hope it means that they can graduate <laughs> yeah i'm giving one to sarah also for graduating yes. <laughs> for grad school for grad yes. school strength he's a glistening yes. body um, and one glistening boar gullet to Tom for every <laughs> response over the allotted one that he gave us. And a <laughs> glistening a of Attack of the Clones, Anakin's Jedi ponytail side braid. Oh yeah. It's for... We haven't done that in a while. We haven't. We're, like when he's not here to remind us to troll on dinner later, we he hasn't gotten a, he hasn't gotten anything in a while. I just don't want him to feel excluded. <laughs> oh, buddy! Yeah, Sorry, yeah, have that, that rat tail. Yeah. Have your have your ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> May it glisten in your dreams. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> I'm gonna need a week a, a week to think about my least favorite food. <laughs> yeah, really, that is a hard one. There are a lot that I hate. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, mine's sour cream. Is that really a fluid what? though? It's fluidish. What would you describe it as? I would describe a fluid in general as something that you couldn't take through. I guess it works because, like, something you have you ever take taken the a jar of sour cream through the security line at the airport? No, <laughs> it's kind of got the same consistency as like yogurt. I would say that's a solid. I feel like that if counts. we're talking about like solid liquid gas. Okay, fine. My least favorite fluid like, is okay. watered down sour cream. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair, fair enough. I'm gonna say like a fluid is anything that if you put a spoon like does it stand on up? top of it? Does it sink? No, no, on top of it like flat. Yeah, would it does it stay there or does it sink? It would stay there. It would stay on top of yeah, sour, sour cream. cream. It would stay there. Not if you water it down. Not if you water it down. I'm gonna give you that. <laughs> like, like, well, well, that's the thing. Like both sour cream and um, like cottage cheese, they form that extra liquid in it when you leave it sitting. I do hate yeah. that. Okay, so, then like, that's yeah. my least favorite. Fluid. Okay, okay, yes, that counts. It's the liquid that mm, forms on top that. of the sour cream when you don't open it in a while. <laughs> we are going to be so grossed out next week. <laughs> I still need I'm to. I'm going to open up my fridge after this my, and have a look. <laughs> Mine is the. Sounds like I'm going to take a peek at my fridge and see what my least favorite fluid is. <laughs> my mine is the water that gets stuck in my eustachian tube, in my ear, because I have to go to the doctor oh, to get it out fair. of my ear. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna put a content warning on next week's episode, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> Ugh, I'm I'm sorry. I still need to think about this. <laughs> yeah, me and me gotta yeah. think about this. So I just, there's a lot uh, of fluids in my life. <laughs> what? I'm gonna say same. Truly, what other Star Wars podcast opens <laughs> with a deep discussion about manatees and closes <laughs> with a discussion about our least favorite fluids? No other we're, stars. We're unmatched, we y'all. Are we ones. are. We are. Can you <laughs> believe that people here. think that like we're what the fandom needs? <laughs> this is what the fandom needs. Fluid discussions. Yeah. We are the it's Waru important. of Star Wars fandom. No, don't say that. <laughs> don't curse us like this. <sighs> so next they week there's gonna be no Danny on the podcast. Need, but we're actually slowly squeezing them with our inverse wombs. <laughs> Danny, I can promise you I don't have an Please inverse Please don't womb. talk I'll about just, me. I'm just putting that out there. It's a metaphor, Saf. None of us have an inverse womb. You don't know my life, Danny. You know all <laughs> You're right. That got really personal. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, in a way, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't actually have an end to that sentence. Yeah, the outro, for the love of did. God. <laughs> Wait, no, I do have a least favorite fluid. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> no, okay, I'll I, I hold it to the next time. Yeah. It's fine. Um, so, hit us up on Twitter with your most hated fluid at Rogue Podron. <laughs> <laughs> Email us at roguepodron at gmail.com. Our website is roguepodron.com. To keep the simulation running Rogue Podron going, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash roguepodron. Subscribe via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google, blah, blah, blah. Any of your favorite podcatchers, we are there. Unless it's one you have to pay for, then fuck that. <laughs> Rate and review us on iTunes. Give us some stars, please. We need we need to eat. They give us food. And please, God, we're so hungry. So hungry. 
So hungry. Please, Waru, we're so hungry. Uh, please. Next time, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be doing Star Wars The Crystal Star, chapters 10 and, nope, chapters 9 and 10. <laughs> I was wondering if you're just going to go 10 and 9. <laughs> I don't know. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Can you go pew pew and make it sound like a fluid? No, I don't know. No. Pewid, pewid. <laughs> oh no. I don't fluid. I don't love it. I don't love it. Fluid is a terrible word. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, and the more you say it, the worse it gets somehow. Much like most fluids. <laughs> Is that, on, is that how me... rockets work? You gotta make them. I, yeah. I dated a rocket scientist, so I should know. Uh, they I have a countdown. A rocket. Oh, I need to come up with a Star Wars question. Oh my god, Danny. <laughs> Danny, he does every week. Oh, sure, I need to come up with a cute little Patreon thing. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, look, I've only been doing that for week. two weeks now. Hey, for two weeks now, I've been doing it every week. Listen, Mike has all of our stuff done, so we're just gonna go. We're yeah, makes go. good. Don't oh. worry, I usually write them while we're And this is episode anyway, so 127, good. which I know because we're now keeping track. Yeah, I feel like, did we have 126 for a while? No, we are correct. Last week was the first 126. <laughs> okay, I just keep feeling like we keep repeating 126. I think I'm having a ground dog. Ground, ground dog? Ground Groundhog, not grand dog. Ground dog. Ground dog day. <laughs> That's not it. No, okay. In New Zealand, all the dogs come out from their little holes in winter huts to see if it's going to be winter or not. Do they not do that there? If they bark six times, that means it's going to be winter. <laughs> <laughs> but the seasons are reversed. Right. That's why it's that's why it's backwards. That's why groundhogs still come out on February second, but in New Zealand ground dog day is August second, and they're figuring out if it's gonna be New Zealand winter or not. Yeah, exactly. Danny's right about that. The dogs also chase their tails in the opposite direction. Southern what? hemisphere. Yeah, it's what a right. magical place. So strange to be the first time I went to America and saw a dog Meg, are you frozen? running clockwise no i'm just <laughs> skeptical <laughs> i was just waiting for this just, conversation just to run its course silently <laughs> judging us all make, it's me and danny making shit up this is not gonna run its course it's just gonna keep going well i was waiting intervenes. i was waiting the <laughs> new zealand part to be done <laughs> all right well, that's the <clears> thing <throat> about the new zealand part is that it's never done <laughs> As someone who lives here, I can I can say yes to that. <laughs>